Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Keystone Schools podcast, Keystone Unplugged. This podcast is hosted by Keystone staff, and the goal of each episode is to provide you with some insight and resources to help you in your educational journey. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to the Keystone podcast, right? Keystone Unplugged. Thank you all for joining in. My name is Ryan Lombardo. I'm a student success advisor for Keystone School. I am also joined by our fellow Keystone Student Success Advisor, Ms. Bridget Blosser, and one of our school counselors, uh, Ms. Krista Hoovler. Thank you both for joining me today, or joining us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm very happy to be here. Absolutely. So today we are going to be uh, talking about a, some may call it a difficult concept to talk about, but it is Red Ribbon Week. Right? So uh, this week focuses on uh, drug and alcohol prevention and awareness and how we can make healthy choices in our lives. So um, we're going to go through a few different um, topics here today. You know, when it comes to making healthy choices for the, you know, homeschool student, um, you know, we have a lot of experience in in talking with our students and kind of giving some examples. Um, but uh, Ms. Hoover was a, were you a counselor at a public school at one time? I've been that, but I also worked in the prevention field. And so my job was to go into elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and do classroom lessons with students on prevention, alcohol and drug prevention. And so, yeah, I've got a lot of experience around this topic and I think it's really important. And as you say, it can be difficult, but it doesn't have to be. I think the thing to remember when you're talking to your students about um, drug and alcohol use is sort of let them lead the conversation. Don't offer necessarily more information than they're ready to hear. Um, but I think that there are great ways that we can talk with students of any age from kindergarten right on up. The important skills that surround privilege use. For our, for our students, you know, anytime that I usually talk about, uh, you know, different sorts of like, uh, life routines or anything with our kids, you know, I always try to, uh, put some focus on, you know, making sure that you are making those healthy choices of, you know, some of the basic things of like getting to bed on time and making sure that you have a, you know, a good, healthy dinner the night before and a breakfast the morning you wake up and kind of keeping a routine throughout the day. Um, but what are some of the related healthy choices that we can sort of look at when it comes down to, you know, observing this Red Ribbon Week? I think that any sort of activity that you enjoy that is healthy, that keeps you away from the temptations or the curiosity that may be around alcohol and drug use. And so those healthy hobbies that you enjoy, hanging out with friends, music, journaling, reading, um, you know, you can add as many kinds of things to that list as you want. Those are sure. all great activities and healthy choices um, that can take up the, that free time that you have um, and keep you on a path that doesn't 
involve any sort of interest in alcohol or drug use. So I think one of the things I think one of the things that becomes hard, right, is that you're doing all these healthy things. However, there is this other side where the world is telling us that use is okay. Um, maybe you see some use in your home. Maybe you see some use in your extended family. Maybe you see use in your neighborhood. And so there becomes this curiosity around that, but also the ability to be confident in your own decisions around healthy choices and your own activities that are keeping you from exploring um, when it comes to drug and alcohol use. Because we know there's lots of negatives around use. And so that's why we are talking about prevention, because even though there might be some folks they, that may choose to use, um, we know that there's going to be negative outcomes from that, especially when children start to use at an earlier age. We know that students who explore and use before the age of 14 are two times more likely to have an addiction later in life. And so we really want to make that clear that there are dangers with a developing brain around drug and alcohol use. You know, our brains don't stop developing until 25 for women, 30 for men. And so there's a long time before that brain is fully developed. And, you know, there are some laws in place to protect the developing brain, right? That 21 is an age of legal use. Uh, however, just because the law says 21 is legal doesn't mean that young adults need to choose to use at that point. There's also a large culture around uh, alcohol avoidance and drug avoidance, even outside of or beyond that 21 and older group, that there's a lot of young adults who are choosing to not use at all because they understand the negative consequences, they've witnessed that in their own lives, and they just don't want it to be part of what they have to deal with. So lots yeah. of different ways to avoid use. Absolutely. And it, it does get, you know, very difficult to avoid that uh, exposure. If someone, you know, it's, it's a bit different if you have like a relative or something that's using in the home, but it's also very prevalent in social media. It's something that's not, you know, when, when someone is on social media, the content necessarily isn't filtered, you know, it's not like you're, you know, scrolling through TikTok and you see, you know, a video and it's, you know, rated TV 14 or TV MA or something like that. There's no filter in what kind of content right. That, right. It, that you or your children or your students are consuming. So, you know, it can be very difficult to avoid that exposure and avoid messages that may not be in line with your values or what you want your students to see. Absolutely. And I think that's where those conversations become so important, right? Both um, whether they're student initiated or parent initiated. I always encourage parents to initiate those conversations with students or with their children in a really um natural way, right? Wow, did you see that? What did you think of that? You know, how does that, how do, how does seeing that like make you 
feel like? Does that make you feel curious or do you feel like that's something that you want to avoid? Is that, you know, is that scary to you? Like have those conversations and then use the knowledge you have as, a, as an adult to speak into that student's life or that child's life about some of the dangers around use, not in a like stick in the mud sort of way, right? But we have so much information that's available about brain science and about what drugs and alcohol do to um, the developing brain that it can be very clinical. It doesn't have to be judgmental because it, it's not. I mean, we know the science behind it. And again, it never has good outcomes for students um, when they use. And I've worked with a lot of students, again, from kindergarten right through high school, um, some who have, you know, already started experimenting. And, and the thing is, once they're educated about their use and what that does, many of them, the vast majority of them, choose to stop using because they just weren't aware of the dangers that were involved with their use. So. Yeah, it's definitely a, a learning process and everything. So. <clears throat> um yeah so i think another thing especially when we're talking online is to also get invested in what students are interested in right is our students watching the same person you know if they're subscribed to youtube channels making sure that you have an idea of what that content is because you know they could say oh well i'm just watching minecraft videos or whatever the case is but making sure that you have an understanding of what that all entails or what all that personality that they're subscribed to is watching is super important. And that way it can help lead into those conversations and can make sometimes like what Krista said earlier, a little easier, like, oh yeah, you know, I watched this video too. What did you think? And it can lead into those conversations and make a nice comfy segue uh, where you're relating interests and being able to then pull in that way too. Let's get to, you know, what can we look out for if, you know, we see one of our friends or, you know, a close relative that we deeply care about? Um, like, what kind of warning signs can we look for when, you know, we maybe suspect that someone might be using or abusing drugs or alcohol? Yeah, you know, there are definite tells that um, folks have once they start using. Um, there's definitely a change in habits that often precedes that. There may be some tells as far as activities that students were once interested in, they're no longer interested in. If you notice a change in a friend group, that can be a red, a red flag. If you notice a change in grades, that's something that you want to pay attention to. If there's any sort of withdrawing. And, and the hard thing is, right, that there is a natural um, developmental stage that teenagers go through, especially, you know, those 13, 14, 12, 13, 14, where they're pulling away from mom and dad, friends become so much more important in their lives and the kid that used to want to always do things with mom or dad is now you know too cool to hang out with them and so there's that pulling away that happens um and parents can freak out over that and and understandably so right because the last thing you want is to you know 
you've had this little one that you've been raising all these years and now they want to kind of fledge and you might want to push back against that. Um, but, but part of that is natural. And so that's not an immediate red flag. It's sort of a combination though with, are they becoming more withdrawn even with their siblings? Are they spending more time alone? Um, have their hygiene habits changed? Do you, you know, are they not changing their clothes as frequently? Are they um, maybe not even showering, right? All of those things can be red flags. Um, and then there's all sorts of other things that as you move on down the line, as the students maybe get older, if there is some use that you can um, be looking for, that's a whole other rabbit hole. Um, just going into their rooms and looking for certain objects that can be tells of um, experimentation. Yeah, and a lot of that can be, you know, symptoms of, of multiple different things. You know, it it's kind of like, um, you know, if you're, you know, your back hurts one day, it doesn't mean that you broke your back or it doesn't mean that you have some, you know, crazy disease or anything. It could be a symptom of multiple different things. So, you know, we'll talk about who we can go out, you know, and, and contact for help and everything and who to talk to in a minute. But, you know, that kind of leads me into my next point of, you know, understanding mental health as well. You know, it could be, it, you know, all those things that you spoke about could be signs of, you know, substance use or experimentation, but it could also be signs of depression or, you know, signs of, of, you know, social withdrawal and things like that. So when it comes down to mental health, what are some things that we could, you know, see in our friends or our children that might be warning signs as well? I think a lot of this, a, a lot of the symptoms I already described as far as change in behavior, change in habits, change in hygiene, withdrawal, um, sleeping a whole lot more. Again, teenagers, they tend to sleep. They need to sleep a lot like they did when they were babies. So it can be hard to know the difference. Um, and oftentimes we do see students who are struggling mentally, who then turn towards drugs or alcohol as a way of self-medicating, right? Because they don't know what's going on. They just know that they're miserable. And so often I heard from students, I don't want to share this with my mom or my dad because I don't want them to worry. Or I don't want to tell my friends because they have enough going on in their lives and they don't need to hear more. And so that ability to raise up our children to be able to ask for help is so important because that ability to ask for help can be the best trait to help avoid larger problems later on, right? If a student can say, mom or dad, I'm miserable, right? I, I need help. I don't know what's wrong. I just don't feel like myself. I am struggling. That can automatically have parents then jump in, give the child the support they need so that it doesn't lead to other behaviors later on with negative consequences. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, it's uh, 
one of the things I, I talk about when, you know, ever I, I have a family that I'm speaking to and the student will always say, I don't, I don't want to ask for help, you know, even in something as simple as like, you know, a math assignment or something. The one thing I always yeah. say, you are going to ask for help the rest of your life. You are going to ask for help on every step of your your entire life from now until you are an elderly person. It, it's just, we cannot go through life alone, you know, and you need people. You, it takes a village, right? Um, some yes. ways that we yes. can also get into the conversation, because sometimes it can be also very difficult to try to start the conversation with your children or start the conversation with a parent or a trusted adult, um, you know, and uh, some of the things I have on a little infographic in front of us, um, you know, starting the conversation can be as simple as saying something like, it worries me to hear you talk like this. If you hear your children or something saying something that is worrisome, you know, or tell me more or just, you know, having a heart to heart conversation ask you know, is everything okay? You know, and it's okay to ask that. And it's okay to not feel okay. You know, it's absolutely. All... And you know, sometimes, sometimes the best place to have those hard conversations is when you're in the car. Because you can avoid eye contact, especially if you have sons. I'm just saying. <laughs> pro mom tip here <laughs> gonna take right. off my school counselor hat and put on my pro mom hat put your boys in a car and have a conversation with them there because they're so much more likely to open up when you've got the radio on and you're just going to whatever activity it is and they don't have to look at you they can look out the window they can you know whatever they can be distracted by their phone and there's so much less pressure on them um, that they're willing to open up. I mean, over and over with my kids as they grew up, the best conversations we had were always in the car because that was where they just were more comfortable to open up and share things. And so, you know, if you're feeling discomfort around having to have that conversation with your child, put them in the car, go for a drive. It's great. And, you know, you're both more relaxed and you ask those great opening open-ended questions, right? Like, what do you think about? Tell me more. Just the same things that, you know, you were saying, Ryan, um, or yeah, I've noticed, gee, I, I noticed you've been sleeping a lot more lately. Are you feeling okay? Everything all right? Like what's going on? Or I noticed that, you know, whatever, whatever the situation might be, that's where you can just, you know, gently start to, to pry into what's what's going on and see if your student's willing to to share and ask for, for help because that's ultimately what we are hoping to get them to do. And then there are um, you know resources for professional help and everything if the if it comes down to you know you feel that there is a, a serious need to talk with someone there are um you know crisis lines the here in the us there's a, a national suicide and crisis number that you can call it's 988 and um i believe you can call or text that if there's ever a situation that you feel um 
that your children or a friend is in a life-threatening situation, you know, it's highly recommended to reach out for that. And you can always even, you know, Google that information if you don't have it on hand. Um, but as far as uh, school resources or people that, you know, they can reach out to, you know, for not necessarily a, a crisis situation, but, you know, just maybe for more resources or some, you know, extra support and everything, um, you know, especially in the homeschooling uh, platform, you know, with Keystone, it does sometimes feel that, uh, you know, working from home, you're sort of removed from a lot of resources and things. But there are people here um, to help as well. I know that um, the Whole Body Wellness Club is a great place for students to be able to go. Um, I know that was a lot of the intention when it started as a place where students can go and chat and have it be a private place. I know that's something that a lot of students may also feel discomfort about, you know? I don't want to share this at home because my other siblings are listening. I don't want them to hear. And so by having this, you know, they can join in this club meeting and go somewhere where they're not going to be heard and can have these kind of conversations and, you know, have that connection and solidarity with other students who may be feeling the same way. Yeah, that's awesome. I think um, obviously, you know, we have a guidance counseling uh, department and um, any of the counselors are equipped and ready to talk with students or parents about concerns, um, whether those are, you know, around drug and alcohol prevention, early experimentation or mental health issues. Um, we can plug you in with some resources. We can talk with students directly and um, be a, a resource for them, be a sounding board for them and help them get, you know, additional help as needed. Absolutely. And um, if you do need to get a hold of our guidance counselors, you can uh, send them an email, guidance at keystonehighschool.com. Um, they're all wonderful people and here to listen and help out, provide resources for anything that you may need. Um, but I'd like to thank both of you for joining today. That was our uh, podcast for the Red Ribbon Week. Um, it was, a, you know, it was great to have both of you. And I hope that we can all look forward to a few other resources that will go up on social media and on the uh, classroom banners. So check those out as well. And I hope you all have a great day. Mm -hmm.